This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hey, that's pretty good. The Raptors now one in five. That's right. One in five. So they've won once out of six attempts when a game was within three points in the last three minutes. I believe that's the stat. They're 0-5 prior to this game. But they've won. And that's great news. The even better news, I celebrated by eating two Reese's Pieces cups. They were wonderful. It is the perfect amalgamation of peanut butter and chocolate. I couldn't I couldn't enjoy anything more than a Raptors win and a Reese's cup. Not an ad, just me, freewheeling. Okay, so 111 to 108. They win by three. Devontae Graham throws up Eve at the end, preceded by actually PJ Washington slipping a screen that he set for Terry Rozier, getting a pretty open attempt from downtown at it, and Chris Boucher sprinting his buttocks off to try and contest, doing a decent job of contesting given the space that was there prior to PJ's pickup. But the Raptors win. This was, uh, you know, as the Raptors are wont to do, they offer a very topsy-turvy type of fandom this year. You, you get really high highs, like 15 of 29 from downtown to start the game, which is uh, very, very accurate. But then they go 5 of 21 the rest of the way. They score what, like 15? Sorry, 12 points in the fourth quarter, and they almost lose. There's a lot of things that happen in the middle of all that that were fun, that were good. There's also a bunch of bad stuff, things that should concern a fan who wants this team to win. If you're like fade for Cade, you want them to tank, you probably are frustrated that they haven't gone 0-6 in close games now. But I suppose uh, it's going to be a rough year for you because they probably aren't going to be that bad. But anyway, they've won. They couldn't contain LaMelo Ball's pick-and-roll possessions later on, couldn't bust the zone, and that was basically the reason why things broke down for them in the fourth quarter. Good, you know, good coaching from James Borrego of the Hornets to unleash the zone. It worked, but the Raptors built up enough of a lead. Chris Boucher did enough inside, keeping the ball alive on the offensive glass. By sheer amount of possessions, the Raptors eked this one out. 
111 to 108. So you've got a victory. It's in the back pocket. Not the best victory they've had this year. Uh, Not the worst because, you know, the Knicks are not good, even if they've profiled as a better statistical, well, as far as wins and losses, better than the Raptors this year. They're not good. They shot three for 36 from downtown against the Raptors, and the Raptors had almost no redeeming qualities in that game, save for Alex Len corner triples. This game, there's a lot more good stuff going on, a lot more repeatable success type of stuff rather than just beating up on a team that is historically horrible during a game from three. The Hornets are good. They didn't have Gordon Hayward. That's somewhat important. He's very important to their ability to break down the defense. The Hornets did struggle a little bit against the Raptors in this one early and throughout to break down the perimeter defense. But when they did, it was over. I said this before the game. I've watched quite a bit of the Hornets this year. They're very good at attacking second side action. They have a lot of players, be it the Martin Twins or Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, P.J. Washington. They have a lot of Miles Bridges. You know, they, they have a ton of players who are capable of putting the ball on the floor, making an above average decision to either shoot, get to the rim, or pass to somebody who's open. And they can run that process pretty quickly. They're first in the league in assist percentage. They share the ball extremely well. So once they get the advantage, it compounds and it gets much bigger as the possession goes on. The Raptors, a defense that moves a lot, and to this point in the season, uh, very sloppy rotations, had you know success stopping the initial action quite a few times. But the secondary action, I mean, killed the Raptors all game. And yeah, they uh, somewhat lucky to get out of here with a win. But if you score 12 points in the fourth quarter and win by three, are you lucky? Are you unlucky? What's the, what's the calculus for how to scheme yourself out of those types of droughts? I'm not sure. I'm not coaching the Raptors. I'm not on the floor. But they, uh, they certainly have some stuff to figure out at the very least. Positives off the jump. Stanley Johnson was good. Not world-ending, but he's good on the swing pass. He's an above-average defender, and he, was, he made two out of three triples in this one. Does the defense treat him like a non-shooter? Yes. Does that impact other players? Totally. That's not ideal at all. I don't think he's like a fix to anything the Raptors are trying to do. But in this one, he was good. He, he played well. Yuta Watanabe, I thought he was awesome. I think he's been awesome in all of the minutes he's played. You just, you plug him in. And he's not an all-NBA defender. But man, he looks really, really good defending. Closeouts are really tight. He always knows, like, he always knows which hand to cut off for the player. Always forces them to their weak side. Uses the baseline as a defender. He's a great contester. He moves so well at the back end of the defense, rotating. He can switch stuff across the top. He fights for position in the post. I mean, he's he's great. Defensively, he's better than Stan. And I know maybe that's not, you know, conventional wisdom at this point or common sense, but that is, to me, that is so 100% factual. He is one of the better defenders on this team. And by some margin, offensively, smart cutter makes, you know, he takes advantage of when players sag off of him, either as a three-point shooter, if they creep up close to him, he can back cut, he can 45 cut. He makes good use of his motion on offense. And 
sneakily a better offensive rebounder than you would think. I love his minutes. I wish he got more of them. I don't know who he has to steal them from. That's up to Nick Nurse. But I, I wish he was on the floor more often, even if he's not a huge shot creator or anything like that. Well, even a you know an average shot creator. He's not bringing that to the table. But good minutes, like it. OG Ananobi, I thought, was phenomenal to start this game. The first quarter really was... You know, he, he'll he get a certain piece of these games where he's going to be on ball a little bit more. And he's going to have the ball in his hands to, you know, enter into dribble handoffs, to take guys into the post, maybe a pick and roll every once in a while. But just him on ball, looking to make a read. He can turn the corner with it if he wants. He can shovel pass, spread it across the floor, whatever he wants to do. But adding in, peppering in some of that decision-making... Nice to see. He also shot the ball well from the floor. Dangerous on the dive. Even if the Hornets had some really nice rotations to contest him, I was happy with it. But, I mean, hey, if OG is going to playmake a little bit, hit his corner triples, dive to the basket on the roll, make a pass everyone now and again, and steal point-to-wing or wing-to-point passes on defense, plus his you know, typically great on man, man and defense, I mean, hey, that's that's exactly what you like to see from him. No complaints there. Did fade a little bit offensively as the game went on. That's too bad. Maybe he does have to be a little bit more assertive in how he's moving when teams zone up. He's a good shooter. You have to make do with the space that they're providing, whether it's a back cut or spacing out to three. Make, make yourself useful. A little bit more of that, but that's totally fine. Kyle, really, really sharp. His playmaking this one was awesome pushing the pace, finding guys layups was not dependent on creating threes or having guys hit jumpers for his assists. He was just walking them right under the basket for easy, easy looks. As has been the case for basically this whole season so far, I think he's not giving himself enough of a green light on swing passes or stuff like that for three-pointers. He, he should be taking more three-pointers. A lot of times he'll pass to a lesser shooter than himself. And I understand there might be a bit of a want to get Norm going or something like that. But, and especially if the team is up by like 14 or 15, which they were in this game, well, they were up by as much as 18. You want to get Norm going, get him in a rhythm, stuff like that. Fine. But I still think, you know, a guy is four or five from downtown, six to 10 from the floor. You, you got to shoot it. You're, you're a good three point shooter. The ball comes to you when you're open. That's your play to make. You don't have to do the swing pass. And the Raptors have been so bereft of shooting talent during certain parts of the game that you got to take it when you can get it. So that's the only complaint. But lead guard playmaking stuff, Kyle was absolutely phenomenal. I, I loved his game. Pascal didn't have a super strong game. Had Honestly, I think he had two baskets taken away from him through goaltending that I was... Completely shocked we're not called goaltending, but that's that's life, I suppose. The Hornets defense responded to him in a very strong way. When he moved, like if he put a foot in the paint, there were three guys there at least. When he started making a move towards the basket, there were two guys at least. And I think that he was underutilized on ball. It wasn't like he was making bad decisions. I didn't think his playmaking was poor in this one or anything like that. He didn't correlate directly to assists, but a lot of the time they were scoring off of 
the advantage he created by dictating the Hornets respond. Like he gets doubled, makes the pass out. There's a swing pass, do an open shooter, bang, triple. That's not an assist, but him drawing a double is more valuable than somebody, you know, with a a lazy little swing pass. There's nothing wrong with a lazy little swing pass. I'm just saying, don't get caught up on the statistics with Pascal in this game. I think he was still good. Not as good as he was in the other games when he's dropping triple doubles because there is something to be said about creating layups for teammates instead of open threes. It's hard to give guys layups. A lot of players can create threes, and then you have this hierarchy of what kind of guys create what types of threes, really wide open corner threes like James Harden. If he can do that and score, suddenly your offense looks incredible. Luka Doncic can do the same thing. But if you have guys who create layups, which both Harden and Doncic do, then, I mean, hey, if you have a guy who can give his teammates layups, there's a lot of different players you can put on the floor with him. And that's, Pascal is going to oscillate between being that guy and not being that guy as he works through his progressions as a growing passer. But I didn't think this game was a, a failure for him or anything like that. I still thought the he was warping the defense, which is what you want your star to do. I was I was happy with his performance, even though clearly it it should be better going forward as far as the uh, the efficiency by a little bit. Fred, I mean Fred playmakes all the time. He pushes, pushes, pushes. He he can sleepwalk to over five assists all the time. He's just he's on ball so much. He works the defense so much. He keeps his dribble alive. He'll find something. That's all. And this game, the decision making was. A little lackluster, I would say. He had a pretty easy job in this game as far as the shot creation because a lot of it was handed to him because the Hornets were responding to an advantage elsewhere and suddenly he's wide open to spot shoot. And a a couple times he held on to the ball a little bit too long. A couple times he went into the, you know, inside the arc and he was one of five finishing inside the arc in this game. He's still not a good finisher at the rim. I have a, a mixed martial arts contest with um, Raptors Republic alumni S. Berhaney, who is just such a phenomenal person. I, I have so much love for that dude. He made a video for the score um, talking about Sexland, you know, Darius Garland, Colin Sexton. I thought it was phenomenal. Quite frankly, I can't wait to see more of the stuff he does. And I've loved everything he's come out with. But I'm going to have to roundhouse kick him if he keeps claiming that Fred is a three-level scorer. These are <laughs> these are the facts, okay? And, <laughs> okay. Anyway, Fred, he was going through the motions a little bit as far as decision-making, but still, he's still a positive player, even though, you know, sometimes he has to slow his role as far as, you know, looking at when he's driving to the rim, being more aware of help side and help that's coming from behind. Regardless, you know, Fred's doing his thing. Still a very positive player. Boucher, what is there left to say? I mean, this guy is an absolute killer. He is making it rain from downtown. And I tweeted this out. I was like, I just, I'm giggling at the idea that other teams' fans have to watch, they turn on the game to watch their beloved Hornets or their beloved Blazers or whatever, right? And you see OG Ananobi on a post-up and you're like, okay, that's conceivable. He's, he's a big guy. He's strong. He'll post up. Then you see Chris Boucher run like motion 
off of OG's post up to the corner, catch the ball while on the move, and just hoist up this trebuchet like the medieval siege weapon, throw it up, and it's going in at nearly 50%. There are TVs that have been smashed. I cannot imagine how frustrating that might be, especially since he's a relative unknown coming into this year, and it would be quite an ask to think or to expect uh, casual fans, the, the NBA over, to know who this guy is. But he, he was a game saver in this one. His ability to keep the ball alive, as I said earlier, pressure them on, the, on their own defensive glass. Man, he, he was fantastic. Now, I don't know if the Raptors got a little, felt too much in love with a three-point shot. It would be hard not to if you're shooting over 50% on really high volume, which they were. I understand why they do it. But, and this is maybe a comment for Pascal Siakam, a little bit, well, see, that's tough to say because the Hornets were really overloading on him. I think he was making the right pass. This is where it hurt that Fred Van Vliet or OG are a little bit more passive in applying rim pressure as people who attack closeouts. Fred, you get him going downhill, it's more likely that he'll get one of these options blocked at the rim, miss at the rim, or cut in and dribble the ball back out for what might be a switch or an isolation, something like that. And OG, a lot of the times, he'll see defenses load up in front of him, and he's not quick enough to beat the help side, but he's not confident enough to rise up over it very often either. So when the Raptors get teams in motion and Pascal isn't the guy the ball comes to, or Lowry, for example, who can draw the defense and make the pass to Boucher, for example, if that doesn't happen, OG and Fred are a little bit lackluster at attacking those if they're not using their jumper. That's that's the thing. Norm was okay at that in this game, honestly, at getting to the rim. But one for eight from downtown is inexcusable when you're looking at the quality of the looks that he was taking and the defensive uh, gaffes that he continuously makes as well. Not great. Malachi Flynn was in this game. I thought he was good in the first quarter. Didn't really get anything after that, but i he's not world-ending. He's, he's a rookie, but I, I, I liked his minutes in the first quarter. That's the Raptors game, basically. The Hornets found something late with Lamelo Ball on ball. They nearly brought it back. The Raptors had another one of their infamous droughts that's very clearly uh, in correlation with their three-point shot. That's probably going to be something that you have to keep an eye on all season, but that's that's the game to me. Reggie Evans Award, uh, you know, I've been giving it out to Chris Boucher far too often lately, and it's deservedly so, right? He's eating glass, he's dunking the ball, which is not particularly Reggie Evans' type of skill or attribute, whichever of the two. And he has, like, a historically great block percentage. All that's very good, but I just, I can't give it to him. Kyle Lowry, pushing the pace, grab and go when he's picking up rebounds as a six-foot and, you know, I've seen him in person, I would say sub six foot because he's either as tall as me or shorter than me. And he's, <laughs> yeah, and he's rebounding the ball as well as he does in the NBA. Do you know how many rebounds I would get in the NBA? None. Over an 82-game season. Not a single one. I am just, I don't have any of the quick twitch muscles that any of the NBA players have. And even if the ball bounced, like, directly to me, I would grab it but they'd be so quick and they're so strong that a guy like Fred Van Vliet would spike it directly out of my hands and I'm not strong enough to counteract that. 
my forearms compared to an NBA player are are feeble. They're like milk toast. Like that probably doesn't work as a saying. They're not strong. Whereas NBA players have like rebar enforced forearms. They're immense. Anyway, so yeah, Kyle Lowry, Reggie Evans Award. I'm very happy to give it to him. Uh, I'll give Kyle Lowry almost any award I can. I think he is deserving of so many rewards and I'm just, I'm happy to support him in all of his endeavors. Okay, top quick reaction comment. Drew, quote, you know, for all the ridiculous, pointless, off-base hate Ujiri gets for literally one season where raps are below 500 to start the year since he's been in TO, literally no one is mentioning the fact he got Boucher on a good deal while multiple other teams were interested. Yes, Baines is not looking good, but so what? One year and he's gone. And look at what Boucher is turning into. Funny how those who talk garbage about Ujiri never bring up Boucher's good signing. End quote. Hey, yeah, you need to follow me on Twitter because I say stuff like that. <laughs> maybe maybe you'll you'll be happy if you follow me on Twitter. Regardless, though, yeah, you're bang on. The, the Bane signing, as of right now, doesn't look great. But there's so little downside to it. You know what I mean? It's... It's like $7 million roughly, and he's non-guaranteed for next year. So it was written into the contract that, hey, if, if he's not performing well, we could just punt and we don't lose any money and he's he just won't be here next year. It looks like that might be the case. I'm not sure if they're actually going to, you know, if he's going to be, they're going to work to incorporate him back into the rotation because he clearly has NBA skills and he's in a bad run of form. But who's to say? Regardless, uh, yeah, Boucher is an immense signing. It's It cannot be overstated how important it is to have him at like $7 million. And not to mention, he's not guaranteed for next year either, but it's a team option. So if they like his season, they'll just give him $7 million and he'll be this guy for $7 million. Hell of a deal. But anyway, that's it. I'm out of here. Thank you for listening to the Reaction Podcast. A Raptors win. But whether you're getting into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.